We watched the Secrets of Hill song on FX. We're going to get into it this week on Dropping Sunday. Hey, hey, welcome to Dropping Sunday. I'm one of your hosts, Sev. And I am your other host, Andrea. Um, if this is your first time around here, we are so happy to have you. Just a couple of notes. Um, we're not here to get you saved. We're also not here to tick you off, although either of those things could happen. And if they do, we want to know about it. Yes, this is a podcast by Christians for Christians, but you don't have to believe to belong. You can join the conversation at Dropping Sunday on all the things. Hey, Andrea. Yeah. How's your <laughs> Fabulous. Okay. I uh, I just went to Home Goods to buy some stuff. <laughs> Weird flex, bro. Okay, and, I like it. <laughs> well, I was. Just, this is why my heart's good. I yeah. went to Home Goods. Yeah. Um, and I was just gonna buy like a couple of things. Yeah. I didn't buy a couple of things. No, well, um, I bought more than a couple of things. Um, you know, just just round dollar numbers. How much did you spend? <laughs> More than 50, less than 100. Okay, okay. I feel like, by the way, at Home Goods, that is a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, like, I, I bought some stuff. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm happy for you. But it was nice. I hadn't been to Home Goods in a while. I went yeah. my BFF. It was good. We is had a that, good time. Is that, a, uh, is that like a, a sanctuary for you? Is that like a, like a safe place? Is that where you go to, like, you know, experience the love of the Lord? <laughs> <laughs> No. Okay. <laughs> um, I do enjoy home goods, but it's not it's not where I go that often. Yeah. If we're talking about that, like if I if I just want when to, you need a happy place when I need a happy place, uh, Target. Okay. Hobby Lobby. Yeah. Um, either of those places, Home Goods is nice, but sometimes you have to dig a little bit. I prefer things. Yeah. You know, otherwise. Yeah. But you know. Here you have it. Um, how's your heart? Oh, my heart's good. Uh, and thanks for asking about yeah. my happy place. Uh, it used to be Best Buy uh, would be where I would just go. Uh, and then I realized, oh, Best Buy is just the place where you go to buy things to try them out before you take them back and then buy it for cheaper on Amazon. Um <laughs> That's when I figured out that little <laughs> trip. Uh, so I never thought of that. Yeah, so that was good. Uh, I don't really have like a happy store anymore. Okay. I think uh, unless we're just talking about Bucky's, uh, Bucky mm. seems to be just because. Yeah, you know, I'm. Yeah. I don't know. I always feel like I'm eating my emotions when I go to Bucky's. You know what I like at Bucky's? What's I that? like their wall of trail mix. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Natch. Yeah, for sure. And candy. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But I to tell you the last couple of times that I've gone to Bucky's right around lunchtime I'm like oh I'm gonna get one of their like chopped beef sandwiches because they're so good yeah they haven't been as good lately yeah I don't know what's going on I, I listen this is what I know I know that when I go in I have uh, an objective in mind it's mm-hmm. to to use an amazing bathroom yeah to grab one snack and then get out the door and then uh, because, again, I eat my emotions and then mm. I go in and I'm so stressed by all the people that are there. Mm-hmm. And then I, I get panicky and then I buy way too many things. Oh, yeah. yeah. This is what happens every time. I always I like a bag, a bag of trail mix. Uh-huh. I got a bag of gummy bears. Yeah. Their fudge is amazing. Oh, of course it is. Their pastries are amazing. Yeah, I, I wouldn't know. I just wouldn't know. I can't have any of the bread things. But... The 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 chopped beef has not been good. I'm sorry. So. I apologize. Let's start a campaign uh, about like a, let's make chopped beef great again. We can get like little red hats and we can mm-hmm. like sell them and stuff like that. Sure. 
By the way, I saw a uh, I saw a dude with a red hat today, mm. and it uh-huh. was you know I'm you're, you're always like uh, a, oh, a dude great. with a red hat, yeah. you know, and uh, in the white stitching it says, "Nah, gotcha." <laughs> I want one. (laughs) Just like, like you're always like, oh, I was like, no, I fooled you. I fooled you. Just kidding. Yeah. JK. LOL. JK. My BFF, Jill. Do you know what that's? That's a commercial. Do you remember that commercial? Mm. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. No. Um, They're talking in text code and they say, JK, LOL, my BFF, Jill. It's really funny commercial. I'm I'm gonna take your word for it. Um, did you know that uh, that Gen Z actually talks in text? Like they actually they like for real. Mm, we mm-hmm. were in a place the other day, and um, there was a very extroverted person that was with us, and they reached out to a Gen Zer and was like, "Hey, I I think I saw you at your school's blah 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 blah," mm-hmm. and and she goes, "OMG, lol, that was me for sure." She said, "OMG." Lol. Lol. As an LOL. And by the way, LOL means like laugh out loud. And you didn't laugh out loud. So it's just Mm -mm. OMG lol. That was me for sure. (laughs) Cool. I don't know what's happening with this generation. I'd be like. What? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to lie. There are times that I see things on the Tiki Talks. Yeah. And on social media in general and on BuzzFeed that I have to look up what they are. Yeah. I shouldn't admit that out loud, but I do. No, that's okay. Uh, I, uh, I, I like to find out new things and then try it out with Jill and mm-hmm. see how cringe it is uh-huh. for her. And then I know how on point I am by, by the way I use it. Yeah. So uh, I have no examples right now because I'm, I'm an old that's how it goes. Um, you know what I've been using this week? What's up? Gucci. That's Gucci. Oh, yeah. Th- yeah. But I'm well, not... Do, welcome do, to 2021. Do it's fine. Gen Z's use that anymore? They, no. Anymore? No, no, they don't. No, 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 no. That was old. That's yeah, old. That's, that's Gucci old. is old. Yes. Oh. Sorry. But so are you, so it works. I was talking to a friend today um, about how frustrating it is when you see someone and you find out someone that you thought was, let's just say older than yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe you thought like somewhat significantly older uh-huh. and then you find out that they're either the same age or younger and how annoying that is. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that annoying? Yeah, okay. So here's, here's the other thing is that I went, I, I've been to some funerals this year, mm. right? And so I went to one funeral of... uh my pastor that was like my pastor growing up. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. And, um, I saw all of these people that were old when I was a kid mm-hmm. and they're like still kicking and spry. Right. Uh-huh. And I'm like, Oh, they, they don't seem that old now. <laughs> and then I start doing the math and I'm like, Oh, they were when, when they were old to me, they were younger than I am right oh! now. It's like, oh man, I thought that you were super old and you were like 38 last time I saw you. And now you're like, you're like, you're like 63, but like still like you're, that's young. That's like a knife. Yeah. It's like a knife in the heart right there, man. It hurts. Oh, geez. When did that happen to us? Um, I don't know. I'm pretty sure it just always happens. But like when, when did it happen to us? Like when did we 
hit that age where that's the case. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do know what you're saying. I don't know the answer to it, though. I mean, but I, I don't. I mean, I, I think it's a rhetorical question. I'm being a little literal today. Speaking of uh, seniors, I saw something on social media this week. Hold on. I just want to rephrase. I just want to make sure because are you talking about senior adults or seniors in high school who have maybe just graduated? Um, well, I was talking about s- senior adults. Okay, great. Yeah, no, I mean, and, I, that just and, happened. I know there right. definitely has not been no. several minutes that I've cut out of the no. show. Yeah, yeah, no. absolutely. It so that just happened. Literally Smooth five transition. seconds. Smooth transition. Got it. Um, so I saw something on social media this week, and um, I, I I think I'm going to send an application in for uh, a new Bachelor show that's coming out oh it's called the golden bachelor whoa oh oh so it's for olds it's for olds <laughs> okay i figure by the time i work up the nerve to actually fill out the application yeah and send it in i will be within that age range yeah for sure because that's not that far away right no it's real close it's real you're close. you're very old as well um <laughs> i oh gosh okay well now now that you've said that now i got <laughs> we've talked about Dumb TikTok videos. Let me play this for you. <laughs> also, I uh, I I re while you're pulling that up, I decided to uh, reopen my Bumble account. Oh yeah, yeah. And so I started swiping uh, a couple weeks ago. Well, about a week ago, and um, I came across someone that I knew that I recognized. Ooh. But it's the ex husband of someone, mm, no. and I was like, pass, uh, uh, uh. pass, and. That's weird. I, I'm assuming that you've never swiped on uh, any kind of dating app. <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay, so when Julie and I got married uh, 20 years ago, 20 this, years ago, this, this week, week was our yeah. yeah, this week was our 20th. Um, uh, I had a flip phone. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, so uh, the iPhone. No swiping. Literally, the iPhone did not come out mm-hmm. until years after we got married. Right. Like seven, seven yes, years seven after years. we got married. So let me tell you how easy it is when you're swiping left yeah. and right, how easy it is to, to mess up, to mean to sli- ah. swipe left and accidentally swipe right. And I was, when this person popped up, I was terrified that I was going to do that. So I was like very carefully. Yes. Make sure that there was no question. So, okay. I'm going anyway. to mute our microphones because I want to hear who it is. Hold on a second. Oh, that dude. Yeah. Okay. Well, cool. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely swipe right on that, bro. Uh, no, left, no, left. I don't know. I, left which is one's the bad the one. one. Oh, left is left the, is the yeah, bad one. Left on that. Right, right is the good one. All right. I think you might want to sign up for the Christian dating uh, website here, Timeline. Here. Christian Timeline, a.k.a. The Bronze Plan. This one, you talk about the Christian dating timeline as I break them down into different subscription plans. First up, we have the Modern Christian Timeline, a.k.a. The Bronze Plan. This one, you start out as friends, take things kind of slow, and you're engaged within a year. I feel like it's fair. It's a fair timeline. The next one is the Standard Christian Timeline, also known as the Silver Plan. This one, you also start out as friends, but dating comes a little bit quicker. You're dating for about six to eight months, and then there's a break. Next up, we have the Super Christian Timeline. This one is when the speed comes in. This one is the Gold Plan. Skip the friend stage, straight to dating. You're dating for around four to six months. Then the ring comes and the wedding comes faster. So more speed, you know? And then we have 
the ultra Christian timeline, AKA the platinum plan. This is where we see some real speed. What's friends? You're meeting, you're dating within the next few hours or the next day. It's it's supersonic speed. And it's usually accompanied by the phrase, God told you you were my wife or husband by both parties. And also the ring in this case comes within two to three months, much quicker than the previous plans. And within some rare cases, it comes within weeks, weeks of dating, weeks. We're talking supersonic speed here. And also the wedding comes fast. And if you want to see real speed, elopement, elopement with this one okay so um i see no problem issue with any of this yeah i will tell you i think that julie and i were on the silver plan uh-huh yeah yeah, yeah. Um, you were friends for a, a little while before no we didn't like each other at all and oh then, okay and then we were like yeah let's make out so that's how that one worked just kidding kids we were friends and we built that strong relationship and a real strong foundation just like you should do so, absolutely um but that's what happens at christian college Absolutely, right? that's is. that's what happens. I don't care what Christian college you go to, um, whether it is uh, re- the revival, Brownsville, Brownsville revival, revival school, school of ministry. Of ministry. Mm-hmm. I almost called it fire, but that's the that's, other one. That was the split that, from BRSM, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, or or Lee University, where mm-hmm. uh, Julie and I went, or Hillsong, uh, which also has its own school there, and uh, and apparently you go there and you meet your spouses, which is uh, definitely what happened to Carl Lentz, mm-hmm. and transition in. Love it, beautiful. <laughs> All right, so we watched this show on FX. The hyperbolic secrets of Hillsong. Um, every listen, okay. So the assignment was to watch the premiere, right? Between you right. and I, we mm-hmm. were supposed to watch the premiere, and we were both thinking that it was going to be one episode. Yeah, that was going to premiere, and uh, they did one of these double episode drops, yes, and they, they, they dropped two. So I watched both. Did you? Did I did not? Oh, okay. <clears throat> well, I that's a shame. Um, watched one. <laughs> Okay, so the first episode, tell me your thoughts. And then and then what I'll do is I'll kind of fill you in on all the other things because you're definitely going to want to go back and watch it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, well, they the, the first episode, um, very similar to the documentary we've already watched. It kind of got into the history of Hillsong just a little bit yeah. with a focus on Carl Lentz and, and Hillsong NYC. Yeah. Um, a little heavier there, uh, but... One thing that they did talk about, they they really dove right into like the start of Hillsong NYC, and then you know how uh, uh, Carl Lentz was chosen by mm-hmm. Brian Houston, and that Joel Houston, Brian Houston's son, was co-founder of the church, um, and then you know just right into some of the immediate. Um, the way the church was growing and the the people that were being um drawn to it mm-hmm. you know in in New York City and you know I some of the things that I found interesting because it, it did have a lot of the same stuff a that we've already talked about yeah, you know they talk about what Pentecostalism is and they yeah, downplay yeah. it or make fun of it just like they always do yep. talk about tithing where you're supposed to give everybody's giving and here's my here's my issue with all of these documentaries and and I know I know that they're doing it for a reason. I do. I get it. I do. Mm-hmm. But everything is just everything is an extreme. They don't yeah. have any anyone coming in and offering like a moderate point of view or saying, "Sure, 
you're you're being you're taking it too far. Yeah, you're, you're misunderstanding something. They take advantage of all the volunteers. And they ask everybody to volunteer. Yeah, and, and they talk about all of the Hillsong campuses and how many people are going, and all of these people are giving ten percent. No, no, they're not. No, they're not. If you ever look at a church, and and I'm not, def- <laughs> it sounds like I'm defending Hillsong, Hillsong. No, but no, no. I, just churches in general. churches in general. If you ever look at church finances, first of all, no, you you're. Your giving population in a church is what fifty percent, maybe. Yeah, usually. Usually, and that's there. probably a little bit higher. High, yeah. That's um, high. and then and they're like, and then where is all this money going? I'm like, there's budgets. A church <laughs> has to run. Like okay. I understand and I get it, and there are questions about where Hillsong's money went, but also in any organization, they have to, they have budgets, they have money, they have to spend. Yeah, and like, um, not everything's nefarious. Okay? Yeah. So in the second episode, they do talk about uh, Carl. By the way, they interview Carl and Laura. Oh, Lentz. yes, the, in, in the, the bombshell yeah. cliffhanger ending of episode one is Carl Lentz sitting down in front of the camera, yeah. and I'm like, I have to watch this, but I have to leave to go to a graduation, yes. and yeah. Anyway, so um, Carl says that he reached out to Brian and was like, "We are growing too fast, and we don't have the infrastructure in place." Mm. Now. How about that? Wow. Like, let's start there. Why are there so many volunteers and we're asking everybody to overwork and do all the other stuff? Because we don't have the infrastructure in place to grow as fast as we did. Yeah. And I can't get any support from my upper leadership to actually develop a, a new budget, a new plan mm-hmm. or anything else like that. That was, I was like, oh, that was really, really interesting yeah. to, to well, kind of hear that. And you think about a church in New York City yeah. in an urban area the percentage of givers is even less than oh, in, in other places. For sure. Because in an urban area, you are um, attracting people from multiple walks of life. Plus, mm. of, you've got a lot of people just walking by. Right. Where our church is situated, we don't have a whole lot of foot traffic. Correct. We don't have people w- that are just walking by the building that are like, oh, I'm going to go in there on a Sunday That's morning. Yeah. In New York City, you're right in the middle of Times Square. Yeah. I went to Hillsong, New York. Oh, yeah. And yeah, and you're right there in the middle of everything. Did you get saved? Not there. Okay. So, um, <laughs> so okay, here's here's some of the big takeaways from uh, from episode two. Okay. And uh, maybe just kind of whet your appetite for, for that, okay? Um, they talk about how Carl and Laura met. Okay, mm-hmm. so Laura's parents were friends with Brian and Bobby Houston from oh, like okay. from like early, early, early. So there's pictures of Laura and Joel in diapers together. So is Laura Australian? Yes. I don't think I've ever heard her speak. Well, you're about to, um, because she she's interviewed with all of this yeah. as well. Okay, and so um, so there there's like a closer relationship between Laura and Brian Houston than kind of like what I what I kind of understood, mm-hmm, okay? Mm-hmm. One of the first people that Carl meets when he goes to Hillsong um, Bible College is Joel. Yes. And they become friends because they're about the same age. And then essentially, Brian and Bobby adopt adopt Carl and he sent, like lives with them. Like well, he's just with Joel all the time. Wasn't, weren't Carl and Joel roommates? Yeah, but like yeah. at also at Brian's house. Oh. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, so it wasn't just like, oh, here's, here's a young and energetic person Mm -hmm. that I see in the Bible college. No, no, no. Here's somebody I see 
all the time. Mm-hmm. And then our families are close. And then here's this other girl and kind of like this, not in a, or a range thing. They, there was an right. attraction that was there. It, it was, it was organic, yeah. but it was, they were thrown together. Yeah. And he was very douchey American. And she was like, he's so American. And, um, <laughs> and, and then they eventually ended up dating and doing all this other stuff. Okay. Yeah. So that was interesting to me. I just didn't realize yeah. one, the, that, that level of relationship. Okay. Um, when the firing happened, mm. they sat down on a Zoom call with everybody. And Carl says, I thought that I was talking to my peers and my pastor. Mm. And so I was honest about everything that happened. And I gave all of the information. Okay. Cut to three days later audio from that meeting is being leaked. Wow. And I thought that I was like talking to my past. Like uh-huh. I was like, wow. One of the questions that they asked Laura and it was, it was Carl and Laura sitting together uh-huh. is, um, did you know about Leona? They asked uh-huh. Laura, did you know about Leona? Leona was the nanny. That's not even the person that. No, that's a oh. different person. That was living pretty much with them and taking care of their kids. Uh-huh. And there was a whole relationship with the nanny. Yes. Okay. Here's the other thing. That nanny had her own family with her own kids and had another nanny. <laughs> like, like she had a nanny. There was a nanny for the nanny's kids. It was crazy. It was it just like all of this weird stuff. So did Laura know about Leona? Um. She did because she walked in on them once. Oh, gosh. And shoved Leona and like all this other stuff and like was yelling and, and all this other stuff. Now, walked in on them on an, in an uncomprom- in a, in a compromised situation, mm-hmm. not necessarily in the, in the throes of anything, right, but, but just, just in something that, inappropriate. that seemed inappropriate. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then um, she stayed their nanny. That look, that look that you can't see, Padrishners, of eyeballs about the size of Buick hubcaps. That's what you're. That's what you're hearing. Yeah, stayed there, nanny. And Leona, uh, Leona was like, uh, I, I can't. I don't know if I can work in a place where I'm being accused of of something I didn't do. Oh, um, also, uh, Leona was the senior pastor's wife of Hillsong Boston. So there's something as well. She was the wife of the pastor. Uh, of Hillsong Boston. Of Hillsong Boston. And That's she was right. the nanny to Carl and Laura's kids. That's right. And then they had another nanny that was the nanny to the kids that were in Boston. So if she needed a nanny, the only reason she stayed Carl and Laura's nanny was because of the inappropriate relationship. That's right. right. Um, like Christmas morning, she would show up in open presence with Carl and Laura and the kids. What? And not her own. Oh my gosh. And and that's not even the affair that he had that where no. she started talking to TMZ. Yeah. No, that's no, no, a no. totally different person. That's a different thing. Um <clears throat> Carl uh, in this uh, in the second episode is also open about the sexual abuse that he experienced as a child, which okay. I mean just I mean so he goes into it. He hmm. goes into it. Here's what I didn't appreciate. I did not appreciate that they essentially start off this entire documentary in episode one with like, Carl can cry on command. (laughs) They talk about that, like, right? And so, but also like when he gets emotional, it's essentially setting up the fact of like, 
is he being is he being authentic? Yeah, um, but I do appreciate the the reporters that they're interviewing. We're like, they told us to like report on uh, this mega this mega church pastor that had uh, an affair, and we were like, it's kind of pedestrian. Why would we? Rec- that happens mm-hmm. every day. Yeah, unfortunately. Why, why would we report on mm-hmm. that? And it was the fact that Hillsong doesn't fire people. They they sweep everything under the mm-hmm. rug. Why would they do this with Carl? And it's because Carl was starting to outshine Brian. And so... Well, and also, and I don't know if they say this, but Brian probably knew that he had some stuff coming down the... And that's how, this, that's how the episode ends with Carl saying something along the lines of, this train is going to keep rolling for a while. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's... It's real good. So there's a lot of really good information of, uh, and just really, really interesting. I, I, a couple of my takeaways are episode one sets the stage for a lot of non-evangelical Christians to understand the world. Mm-hmm. Like it's a world building episode. Sure. Okay. Um, whether or not it's an accurate world or not, it still builds mm-hmm. the world in and of itself. Um, however, I do feel like it was done it so far has been done with more journalistic integrity than the uh, the other one that we watched, the Discovery Channel one, because that one was so. Yeah. This is the point of view, and not here's the story. You create your own point of view, right? This from Vanity Fair feels way more of here are here here here's the conversation. Um, it didn't feel for me when I was watching that first episode. It didn't feel like it had as strong an agenda yeah. as the previous That's right. documentary. That's right. There still was an agenda, um, but it wasn't as strong. And I appreciated some of the people that they interviewed, some of the former congregants. Um, there was a mother and daughter that were interviewed that yeah. I really appreciated their point of view. And in fact, the, the mother, so the daughter started going um, for about a year and had been asking her mom to come. Right. And her mom kept saying no, because I think she felt like it wouldn't really be her scene. And then she finally showed up and she's like, I was the oldest person there, yeah. you know, and she became known as mama Jones and Carl and Laura met her and she was brought up on stage and I had all this like, and she's actually the one who said Carl Lentz can cry on command. Yeah, yeah. And um, it, it felt to me like during their interview that even though obviously they said former congregant, that they still had a little bit of, um, I don't even know what the word is. Affection. Affection. For that time frame. Yeah, for yeah. that time period, For even for some of the people. Um Perhaps even Carl, to a certain extent, uh, the mother said something. He's going to hate me for saying this, and I'm like, when you say something like that, yeah, you're expecting you him care. to see this, and you care, you care yeah, what yeah, he yeah. what he thinks. Um, so another big part uh, so far of the storyline is the fact that Carl was very outspoken about Black Lives Matter during yeah. uh, during the summer of 2020. And um, and what that meant for mm-hmm. for for the congregation, and how there was people who think that he didn't do enough, yeah. and um, and and that's presented, and then they ask Carl about it, and he's like, um, "What's enough?" Like, I I spoke in a way that a lot of other Christian leaders mm-hmm. weren't speaking. We brought people together. We we heard them. We we made an effort. Um, and, uh, and then we were still told 
well, you can't have that person on stage representing us because they're married to a white guy. And like, and she, he was just like, it's just weird. Like, I, I don't, I don't know what else, what else I could have done. If you had asked a hundred different people, what's enough. And you'd get a hundred different answers. He said, honestly, in all of the things that we've taught, what I've done, the fact that you're even asking me about this is kind of weird because I feel like this is one of the things I actually did well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I was like, I, I so feel mm-hmm. that where it's like, I don't know what's enough. I did my, I did my best. I, yeah. I was the the forefront of this. And I, I feel like I wasn't like, I didn't hurt people mm-hmm. by, by, by standing up for them because I didn't stand up for them enough whenever right. I really did stand up for them, you know? So yeah, it was interesting. Well, and, and in the first episode, they, they talk about that and they, they play clips from a meeting that he was a part of and he met with some of his uh, leaders in his church and congregants in his church that were people of color and he asked their opinion. And one of the things that I found interesting was um, they were saying they, they were asking him about how, when you look, they said, when you look from the stage into the congregation, it's a very diverse group. But when you're looking back at the stage from the congregation, it's not what's on yeah. the stage is not reflecting what's in the congregation. Hey, hey go ahead. Sorry. And finish. Okay. I'm sorry. I was about to just interrupt and take over. <laughs> I know. I saw that. I saw it. Saw it on your face. Yeah. I was like, yeah. stop. Stop. Um, I saw it stop on your face. <laughs> he <laughs> said, he said in that meeting that he likes to have things happen organically. Yeah. And he, I think he kind of felt, I didn't hear this being stated exactly, but that he kind of felt like, it would happen organically as the church was diverse. What was on the stage would begin to reflect that. And i I found this interesting and I really appreciated this point of view. Um, someone in that meeting was speaking and this was a recording from that meeting. Someone who was um, a civil rights attorney yeah. who said racism didn't happen organically. Racism was intentional yeah. at its start. The systemic racism that we see today was not organic in its beginnings. It was intentional in a lot of ways. So that means if you want to stop that systemic racism, you have to be intentional in stopping it. And I really appreciated that. And uh, the person they were interviewing said that for a while, there were some changes. They had people of color that were taking up offering, who were making announcements, who were having FaceTime on the stage. But then as Carl started being away from the church some that started because there was no one to take up the banner of intentionality. Yeah. So here's the thing. Um, if you would like to have a multicultural church, uh, people will only stay someplace where the people in leadership look like them. Mm. You need to put people on stage that look like them. Right. Um, if you are in, you know, in, East Texas and your church is predominantly white and mm-hmm. you would like to have some people of color come and join your church. Mm-hmm. The way you do that is you pay people of color to be on stage. Right. And that will and you're you're intentional. You and are then intentional. and then you go out and intentionally invite people and say, Hey, we have people that look like you yeah. and that can represent you and that can minister to you come be a part of our fellowship. Like if you want to be multi, multi-generational, you have to have younger generations and older generations representing mm-hmm. you. Same thing with cultures and everything else like that. So yes, you have to be right. in, intentional with it. So, um, but there's a systemic thing 
of just there's not a lot of pastors that are uh, you know people of color at Hillsong. Yeah. Um, there are you know a bunch of married middle aged white dudes mm-hmm. that probably went to Hillsong Bible College. Right. There is uh, there is one person uh, named Peter uh, Tog Tognavalu. Peter Toganavalu. So he's probably Pacific Islander. Yes, yeah. uh, and and so he Tongan or something. Like yeah, that. as a as a person of color, he's he is a pastor. He's a pastor of Hillsong Young and Free. Um, his wife is named Laura, and her maiden name is Houston. Right. So uh, there might be a little reason why that 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 happened, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, they resigned this week from Hillsong Ooh. Young and Free. And uh, here's the thing: uh, the the culture that is just so pervasive, um, it, it's really, really, it just it just hurts because Phil Dooley, who is now like the global pastor mm-hmm. who took Brian Houston's place, uh, said this to Laura. Are you ready? Mm, I don't think I am. Obviously, your parents, Laura, have just been the reason why so many of us are here, and we are so grateful for them. We just want to honor them in this moment. No. Said that to her? Said that to her as they're resigning. When she was making her announcement of resignation. Uh, Which, by the way, um, you don't want to honor the dude who's about to go to prison for facilitating child abuse. Mm. You know, maybe maybe that's not what you're looking for. And. And facilitating is a really strong word. I'm 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 pretty sure that's the right word for the Australian like uh, legal system and the fact that he what because he's charged what with. he's being charged yeah. with because he didn't um, uh, expose it. It's considered right. facilitating it. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's wow. just it's just a. I mean, it's a bad place to be right now. Yeah. I think I don't. I, I I don't. I don't know. I. You know what I think my biggest takeaway is from this first episode. And again. It, it felt like they were setting the stage, like you said, um, especially for people who are going to be watching this who don't have any history um, in the church, in church culture, and what all of that looks like. Um, but for me, what I just sat there and kept thinking was, um, I am starting to think, and I'm still ruminating on this, I'm still working this out in my uh, in my head, but it's it's making me believe that church and the gospel was not meant to be shared in a massive uh, how, how do i say this on, on like on a mass scale on a mass scale yeah it's, okay that's and that sounds funny to say but it i think that so many of their issues came from what i can tell anyway came after they exploded and they started being they started being global, okay. and they started being shared um, on on TV, mm-hmm. on social media, on all of these things. They started getting this celebrity kind of vein running through the church as a whole, the Hillsong Church as a whole, and it just it it drove home for me that uh, pastors and and church leadership have to be so careful about protecting, um, first of all, their own hearts and their own minds um, in that moment, and then protecting protecting their flock. And it's not that I'm saying you can't share the gospel on a mass scale. On a mass scale, yeah, I but mean, I mean, we the uh, the chosen. I feel like shares shares a gospel story on a mass scale, yes. but it does it in kind of a. I think I think the 
per, the problem is is that when you are trying to appeal to the masses, yeah, you lose track of the fact that you know Jesus really focused on the three, the twelve, the forty. Yeah, and there were times when the message went out to the masses. Sure, but his his role was to create the people that would go out and minister to more mm-hmm. people. I mean, I don't know. It's really hard to say that you know mega churches shouldn't exist because, I mean, Jesus fed the five thousand, and it was that was five thousand men, right? Mm-hmm. So I mean, there could have been you know twelve thousand people there. Right. Um, Jesus had ministry to 12,000 people at once, right? Yes. The I mean, uh, Peter, yeah. on the day of Pentecost, he preached and 3,000 people got saved. Right. But was that happening every single week? Was that happening across seven services every every weekend? Yeah. If no, you would. No, I, I mean, I understand. I understand what you're saying. Uh, I think that the early church was more people meeting in, in homes and houses mm-hmm. and those types of things and kind of going over, you know, and wrestling with scripture itself. And I think, um, I think when you said that it, it about appealing to the masses, I think that is kind of what I'm maybe the route that I'm going down because it, it's not that I don't want the gospel going out on a mass scale. I, I do, but I also think that um, it's it's the celebrity part that is uh, maybe the the first the first trip up. You know, when you start, and I'm not talking about uh, celebrities. I'm talking about the focus becomes one person. Yeah, and like with the chosen, you know what? I don't know the names of any of those people that play those characters. Yeah, I don't know a single actor's name. Yeah. And so that is the gospel going out on a mass scale, but there's not one person that's getting all of the fame, all of the glory, all sure. of the worship, the idolization. The, the person anything. that who, person whose name you know, Dallas Jenkins, is the one who is behind the scenes on it. Uh, yeah, you, you know what I'm saying. And very and, rarely comes out right to to get any kind of clout or anything like that. And it just seems like a lot of these. Uh, and I don't have a problem necessarily with mega churches that have a lot of services and have a lot of of members and all of that. I I don't think that that's the but issue. keep the gospel the gospel but keep the gospel the yeah. gospel don't make one person the focus except for the one person being jesus right you know and then, and then maybe you know just uh, if you're keeping the gospel the gospel and you're keeping the holy things of god holy maybe things like like this won't happen and it was bread to them we don't make it rain on booty cheeks we don't make it rain on strippers we only reverence one stripper, and that's the one that took off glory to put on humanity and then get butt naked on a cross to die for both you and me. The only stripper I'm in love with is Jesus. And he's the one that puts that bread in my pocket. That bread. So that's uh, Tim Ross. Uh, he is uh, uh, one of the pastors at, um, uh, oh, what's the Transformation Church Transformation. In, in Tulsa. And I've referenced him before. Uh, he's got a podcast and he, uh, yeah. One thing is that um, if you keep the holy things of God holy, you don't have to worry about uh, the the absolute explosion that's happened on TikTok over the last couple of weeks over, over this. Uh, you don't have to try to explain what you mean. Yeah. Um, and here's the thing. I don't know the um, 
especially in this, like I don't know the uh, the context of what he was talking about and mm-hmm. whether or not it makes sense. But when you take that part out uh, and, and you and you highlight just that, it feels super cringe. Mm-hmm. Um, like your face was hilarious. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and 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 I understand, right? God stripped off his divinity yeah. and he put on humanity, and he hung. He did hang naked on a cross for yeah. our sins. Um, you know, I mean, I, I don't understand. I don't understand it all, but uh, but I'm just saying, like, yeah. that's a large church, and you're trying to appeal to a lot, mm-hmm. lot a lot of people, and you might be trying to like be a little controversial or a little um, like uh, not enticing. What's the word I'm looking for? Like. Um, uh, I, it's a bad word. Sorry. The word I was looking for is titillating. It's like, you're just trying to, <laughs> but you know, but I'm, yeah, I'm going you, with it. You, you want people to talk about you. You want people, you yeah. want your name in people's mouths that, I mean, that's really what it is. You want people, if they're talking about you, if they're, then that grows your platform is what they're th- probably what yeah. they say that they're thinking. But I'm like, let's not, let's not take the holy and make it base. Yeah. Ooh, you know, ooh. why are we doing that? I'm just saying if I mean, the holy is already gas. Why are you trying to make it mid? <laughs> How you like that, Gen Z? That's very cringe. Yeah. Have you seen you've definitely seen the Gen Z worship songs? Yes. You sent them to me and I can't get through a single video without with, because you, you I cannot. I can't do it. I, I, I was in the car the other day and uh, and we were going to school and I started singing when the world is mid, you are gas, you are gas. And Jill just slowly starts looking at me. It's like, oh, you hit no. different. Yes, you slap. Yes, you slap. No, and she's I like, can't. what are you singing? I, I will clap back at the devil because he's always acting sus. <laughs> she's like, okay, you have to stop. You ha- dad, you, dad, dad, you have to you stop. You have to stop. Yeah, I can't. You know, it, it's it's funny that we're talking about this because the other day I was out shopping with uh, with my mom, and I made a comment. I don't even know what we were talking about, but I made a comment. And I said, "Holy crap!" And she kind of looked at me and she goes, "You know, I think that's a little sacrilegious." And I was like, "Because I say holy crap all the time." She goes, "Andre's mom said that." Yeah. Okay. I mean, I might expect that from, from Pastor Al. I know. And it just, it kind of caught me off guard. And I was like, I don't really know how to respond to this. But the more I thought about it, and she was like, she was like, you know, holy is holy and crap is not. And you're combining them. And and she wasn't necessarily trying to make, well, she may have been trying to make me feel something. I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, it just, it it's another thing that, you know, I've got kind of got going on in my head and I've probably said, holy crap, a couple of times since then. Yeah. But you've said it several just in just the last <laughs> the last 30 seconds, but it's just something to, th- for that I'm thinking about and kind of contemplating. And I'm, I, I don't want to be someone who takes the holy things yeah. of God and, and, and lessens them because I'm trying to be, yeah whatever you know what i'm trying to get a reaction or i'm trying to be funny or i'm trying to appeal to the masses or or gen z or whatever and and i don't know it's just i think that that's where a lot of these major mega churches and these celebrity pastors that have had moral failings or whatever and have run into these issues maybe that's where some of their problems started yeah you know well okay um we're going to transition 
real quick into a couple other little things. Then we'll do the B and then we'll get out of here. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, speaking of large churches in New mm-hmm. York, Redeemer Presbyterian uh, lost um, their founding pastor. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're founding pastor, but the, I mean, the one they're definitely most known for. Right. Uh, Tim Keller yeah. is, uh, he passed away this week. Um, his, uh, his book that I am, I, I actually just started reading it mm-hmm. last week and I knew that he'd been, you know, sick or whatever, but, uh, every good endeavor is the mm-hmm. one, the one that's talking about, uh, about, you know, bringing your, your spiritual life into your work life. And so, um, you know, I mean, the downside, uh, is not necessarily for him. It's for his family. Cause he's like, yeah. he's in glory. And like everybody in the family is like, Hey, this isn't, he didn't fail anything. He didn't right. lose anything. Um, he was one that kind of kept it above board. Let's, let's hope that there's not a Ravi Zachariah yeah. situation that comes up, you know, after it. But, um, I think the people that are probably grieving the most are all the young guys who never learned how to like study the Bible and they've just been ripping <laughs> off Tim Keller yeah. sermons. Yeah. I'm looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, um, my introduction with Tim Keller was a Bible study that we did at Bethesda years and years and years ago called The Prodigal God. Yeah. Have, have you ever read it? Or Absolutely. It? it was so great. Um, but uh, Russell Moore, who, mm. you know, was high in the SBC and then he left there and he's now at Christianity Today. And um, he, this is what he tweeted about Tim Keller's death. And I just really loved I really loved this. And he said, uh, the death of Tim Keller is an incalculable loss to the church, the world, and to those of us who loved him, those of us he helped in our darkest hours. Mm -hmm. And I've seen numerous people on Instagram and Twitter talking about how Tim Keller was, when they were having a crisis of faith, he really was the, a stronghold for them. Um, but he says that he says this is a gain. Uh, this is gain for Tim now in the presence of Christ. He need no longer explain the reason for God. Just enjoy him forever. That's great. And you know, uh, Tim Keller is a uh, an apologist and and um, a theologian, and just yeah. You know, I, I've made the joke several times about how when I didn't when I need when I needed a pastor, I had Mark Driscoll yell at me. Mm-hmm. Um, that's only partially true because <laughs> I listened to three three sermons every week. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is back when I was delivering pizzas and I had all the time in the world to listen to sermons. Um, and it was, I would listen to Mark Driscoll's. I would listen to Erwin McManus at Mosaic mm. Church in, in LA. And I would listen to Tim Keller. And um, I, I needed the mix of the Calvinist and Arminian. I needed the mix of screaming and, and just uh, from, from Driscoll and just the, just the mellow, like steady rightness mm-hmm. of Tim Keller. I needed um, the East Coast, West Coast. I needed the artistic thing from, you know, it was just, I, I, yeah. it was, it was a, I was trying to stay well rounded and not have it all be uh, Driscoll, especially once it was all Driscoll. And I was like, I got to get out of that. Yeah. You know, how do I, how do I, I can't, I stay, can't I stay here. <laughs> and so, um, so, you know, he, he really helped me through some, some dark times as well. Um, and, and so I'm, I'm grateful for that. So, all right, well, um, let's get into the B. Okay. Oh, no, not the bees! Not the bees! Ah! This uh, this particular uh, Babylon B was published on uh, on my anniversary. 
on my 20-year wedding anniversary, Uh okay? And it says, husband foolishly offers solution to wife's problem. (laughs) (laughs) A, A foolish man offered a solution to a problem. His wife was having Sunday evening in an ongoing series of unforced errors. <laughs> Jeff Myers interrupted his wife, Rachel, as she described an issue she had with her sister and audaciously posited she call her up and talk it over. His suggestion was met with a blank stare. <laughs> so not only did he offer a solution to a problem, it was a problem with her sister? Yeah, yeah. Listen. Stay out. Listen, my guy. Stay in your lane. Uh, two decades of this, and I'll just tell you, just uh, just don't. Stay in your lane. Just don't. Just don't. Listen, there are things that, um, there are problems that you have talked about before. Mm-hmm. Like, And before, I'm not talking about on air. I'm just talking about like, you sure. know, we're, we're friends. We're we'll friends. catch up we about We talk things. outside of this. And uh, there have been times I've been like, you want me to help you with that? And there have been times when you've been like, yeah, mm. yeah, absolutely. Like, what would you do? What's your perspective? And, I, and I'll, you know, mm-hmm. it's usually about work stuff, you yeah. know, at that point. And there's been other times you just wouldn't be like, nah, dog, we're done. <laughs> just, I just needed to vent for uh, just a second. Cool, 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 just cool. needed to get it out. And, and so uh, if you're in a relationship, I would just uh, encourage any of you podrishners out there to set the guidelines of a- it's okay to ask, do you want me... D- what do you need from me? Right. It's funny. I was uh, I was riding with one of my sales reps so a few months back, and um, Julie calls, and I pick up the phone, and I go, uh, I go, hey, baby cakes, which is what I call my wife on the phone when I answer. I just, hey. you know, hey, hey, baby cakes, <laughs> and uh, and she and she immediately starts into work stuff, and I said, do you need work, Seth? And she said, yes. And my entire tone changed, mm-hmm. my my vocabulary changed, mm-hmm. everything changed. Hung up, and my rep goes, who was that? And I was like, that was my wife. That's why I said, hey, baby cakes. <laughs> yeah, but the rest of it sound, did not sound like a husband-wife conversation. I was like, that's because it was not a husband-wife conversation. When we talk about the kids, we talk differently than when we talk about, you know, a mm-hmm. relational thing between yeah. us or church is a different tone than work. It just is. Yeah. And so, uh, so give yourselves permission. Uh, we've lasted two decades and, uh, and that's one of the reasons that that's happened. Uh, just, there, but don't try to fix it. <laughs> don't don't, offer a solution. What an idiot. And if it's about her sister, just nod yeah. and say, I'm sure you were right, honey, or not even, I'm sure just say you were right, honey. Right. Like if she's fighting with her sister, don't you always agree with her? Um, I mean, I don't, I, I'm trying to see how honest I can be on the show right now. I'm just going to, I'm just, I'm just trying to fit. I'm navigating this because uh, sometimes it's just like, it's just calling her sister a name, mm, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, what a, and then just mm-hmm. like, you know, what, whatever's appropriate for that moment and just, just leaving it at that and, and seeing Sometimes, uh, most of the time, it's I know, right? But sometimes, like, hey, that's my sister. You can't say that. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, you know. So it, it's just a, it's just oh, yeah. a weird navigation. Careful, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to be careful. Don't overstep. Don't don't be so enthusiastic to support that you actually besmirch the character of someone they actually care about, even though they don't act like they care about them right now. Right, because it's one of those I can talk about her that way. That's right. But you can't. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I I understand that. Yeah. Okay. Oh, no, not the beast! Not the beast! Ah! Hey, what's your not for me? 
My not for me is that we have had freaking roundabouts in this city for the last, what, eight years? Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least. And there are people who still don't understand how they work. And they're going to stop. I'm at a roundabout. I'm waiting because there are people in it. So I wait. I'm not in the roundabout yet. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. I'm waiting to enter. To merge in. To merge in. Correct. But there are cars coming and I can't merge in. Correct. Today, there was a Jeep Liberty that stopped. Uh, well, first of all, they drive a Jeep Liberty. So, right. I should have known. Yeah. But they stopped. Instead of just entering the roundabout like they were supposed to because they had the right of way at yeah. that moment, they stopped to let me in. I did go in, but I was yelling at them the whole time. Yeah. We've had it. It's been long enough. You should understand how they work at this point. Yeah, they're not. It's not rocket science. I, I've noticed something, and I just want to present it to you as a as a just a, a loving. Mm-mm. No, okay. Um, <laughs> she goes. Uh-uh. Um, a lot of your not for me's are about traffic. <laughs> they're about other people who don't know how to drive. No, no, no. no. I no. I understand that. I'm just talking about like like. Uh, automobile related issues just in general other people you know dumb yeah 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 yeah, Mm -hmm. for sure all right you're not wrong okay and here's the thing i don't actually experience a lot of road rage Mm -hmm. i know it probably sounds like i do i don't most of the time when i'm driving i don't i don't feel like this need to rush in traffic or get real i'm like you know traffic is traffic and i live in the metroplex i'm gonna deal with that um, so I don't experience a lot of road rage, but then it's when I'm not driving and I'm thinking about the dumb things that people have done. That's yeah. when I get yeah. rage. Okay. So, but also that just literally just happened to me like a couple hours ago. Sure. So that's why it's fresh. Sure. It's head. like, it's yeah, it's hard. It's hard to let it go and move on. I need to, I guess I'll have to start trying to find other not for me's. Yeah. Sorry. No, no, no. I was just, I, I just, I, I, I'm more concerned. I'm more concerned about you and your and your driving. My driving's fine. Correct. No, I mean like uh so my not for me is by the way, I just gave all this advice of how to be uh you know relationally appropriate between a man and a woman and like not uh-huh. try to overthink, you know, overthink or fix things. And uh then didn't take your own advice. Lauren Daigle. My not for me is Lauren Daigle. Mm. I just, I don't know. I mean. I'm not a fan. I'm just not a fan. And and she's got new stuff out. And I know that I should be excited about it. Uh, but but it's not for me. It's yeah. not for me. Um, my that's I've got another not for me. You have two? I have two. Okay. I don't know why. I can't. This is, this is the most premature not for me. Because I have no clue if this is any good or not. But the idea and the concept of this is not for me. Uh-huh. You know, John Christ has a, like a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know who, who was on that podcast this week? That comedian from TikTok? Mm-mm. Who? Michael W. Smith. And the idea of John Christ and Michael W. Smith doing a podcast together, mm-hmm. like in, like an interview conversation. It's just kind of not for me. Like the, I, the concept of it is yeah. not for me. Now the execution may be for me. I don't know. I haven't watched it yet, but still, yeah, that's, that's my not for me. Well, cause you know who he had on, I, I just saw a video of this on TikTok. Um, he had, there's a comedian on TikTok named Matt Reif. Yeah. Have yeah, you yeah, seen yeah. him? Yeah. He is 
Uh, <laughs> why did TVMA. I laugh? TVMA. Yeah, he's definitely not suitable for Audrey as well. He is not suitable for most people. And he was on there with John Christ. Yeah. So you're telling me he had Matt Reif and then Michael W. Smith? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's exactly Within what I'm Within like a days of each other? Uh, it's what it seems like. Yeah, that's not for me either. That's a show. <laughs> But listen, our thoughts and opinions are not the final word, dear listener. We'd like to hear your thoughts and opinions about any of the things we talked about today. Andre, how would we do that? You can let us know by contacting us on Facebook or Instagram. We are at Dropping Sunday on all the things. And you can also help us grow the show. Bye. By leaving a comment. Yes. And every time you do, we give away money to people. Um, and here's the thing. We, yeah, it's, oh, sorry, to like a nonprofit, not just random people. It's Although not, we could. Well, might as well. Might as well. Um, yeah. And so, uh, so do that. That's, uh, we, we're, that's how we pay for advertising is we pay for advertising through you, you all. Right. So, so grow the show, tell your friends, tell your family, uh, cause we'll be back next week. Absolutely. Until then, this is Seth. This is Andrea. And this is Dropping Sunday. Scared. Good. Yep. Thank you, Chris, for resolving our audio issues. Can I blow your mind right now? <laughs> Who buried the dinosaurs? Think about that. Because we only find dinosaur skeletons buried in the ground. But when you see the remains of an elephant, the bones are just sitting there on top of the earth, not buried underneath it. Okay, so let that sink in. As far as we know, and you can look this up, Human beings are the only species that have burial rituals for their deceased. So who buried the dinosaur? Oh, the dinosaurs. Chris is leaving because I've been going on about this all morning. <laughs> There's really only two options. One, dinosaurs are far more intelligent than we previously thought and were capable of empathy and required closure. Or, and this is the theory that's out there right now, there was a, let's just call it race of beings who were larger than dinosaurs that felt the need to give them a proper burial. That's every dude with a podcast. Oh, and also check out his glasses. There's no lenses. <laughs> um, sometimes you sound like him. I know. <laughs> That's why I sent you. No, I know why you sent it to me. Somebody called me uh, NPR <laughs> Seth the other day and I was like, <laughs> act one. All right, here's a fact that's going to blow your mind. Are you ready? Chris, Chris. I think Chris has been talking about this all day. He's about to leave because we've been talking about it all day. Here's a fact that's going to blow your mind. Oh, no. The word dinosaur. <laughs> okay, no. Think about that for a second. Think about, think about this for a second. Think about this for a second. The word dinosaur, right? It's from the Greek, the original Greek. I already Let's hate see. this episode. Okay. I hate I hate the editing I'm going to have to do on this one. That's what I meant by that. This episode's going great. You and I are doing awesome. It's going to be awesome. Um, okay. Hold on. Let's see. I Hold think on. I've got I think I've got a transition for okay. us. <clears throat> so, um, speaking speaking of uh, seniors and and things like that. What's up? I don't know. Let's get start a campaign. Um, yeah. You know, let's because it used to be good. Yeah, let's make Chop Beat Griff again. Uh, let's try. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
again? I don't think it's ever been whatever it was that you just said. I don't said. know what I just said. <laughs> it, <laughs> sounded, it sounded like you said, let's make chopped beef grafe again. I don't know what. Chop, chop beef grafe is what I heard. I'm so tired. All right, let's uh, let's start a campaign to let's make uh, make chopped beef great. <laughs> getting worse. I don't I don't <laughs> know I don't know that you can actually say that correctly. Okay, let's see today. what happens. <laughs> yeah. I think that you you may not be able to do that. All right, take three. <laughs> Why didn't I clap like normal? <laughs> that was weird. Let's start a campaign about stop. I'm talking now. Okay, let's uh, start a camp. Take four. <laughs> take seven. 